that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. When you do hypnosis, you know what's going on. You can stop it anytime. You're in control. Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. We're super excited to have Ron on the show with us. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Ron. Thank you so much for having me. It's our pleasure. Let's jump into it. I know we got lots to talk about today. Tell us about who you are, what you do. Give our audience a chance to resonate with you a little bit. Sure. So I'm a pediatric pulmonologist, take care of uh, children with lung problems. And uh, 25 years ago, I was treating a young man who was very allergic to milk products. He came in one day and he said, hey, when I've been uh, smelling cheeseburgers, I've been developing asthma attacks. I thought it was a rather strange symptom. (laughs) Um, I thought maybe a milk molecule is wafting through the air affecting him, which cannot really happen in real life. Um, but he was very allergic to milk. He almost died twice from eating a milk product. So I said to him, can you imagine eating a cheeseburger, which is something you couldn't do in real life? He did that. Within seconds, he was having a major asthma attack. And I said to myself, oh, no, he's going to stop breathing. So I said, stop it. And he did. I said, wait a minute. You imagine a cheeseburger and develop an asthma attack. If you can imagine yourself into illness, can you imagine yourself out? And that was my rather dramatic introduction to hypnosis, because as it turned out, using your imagination is a way of doing hypnosis. And that's what I have got involved in. I, I learned about hypnosis. I learned about um, how it can help people feel better. Um, I found out over the subsequent years that I can help people not just with lung problems, but with stomach aches and headaches and anxiety and depression. And so now I do this full time. So tell me, what's, what's the title? What's your title? Hypnotist? I am... And in private practice now, I used to be the professor of pediatrics and uh, pulmonary medicine, but now I, seven years ago, I opened up a uh, private practice and I devote exclusively to working with uh, children, uh, teaching them hypnosis and providing them with counseling for various different problems. Wow. Okay. So what is that like? It seems like, well, maybe not extremes, but you're more the medical world and then you move to, how would you say, more holistic type of world? I think this is still the medical world, just a different focus of it. Um, I believe, actually I know, that uh, psychology plays a big role in most everyone who has chronic illness, and that's almost half the country. So if you have a chronic problem, your psychology is involved. Maybe you're anxious about it, maybe you're depressed, maybe it's affected your life and you're sad. And when you have psychology involved, it affects your symptoms. 
and when you learn to use hypnosis, when you learn how to control your psychology, then you can improve a great deal. And this is true for a majority of people, but they just don't know it. And I, I should interject right now, I use the word hypnosis. Sometimes that scares people. Hypnosis is not what you think it is. It's not magic. It's not somebody controlling your mind. It's not an evildoer doing things to you. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. When you do hypnosis, you know what's going on. You can stop at any time. You're in control. And it's not sleep, although you can use hypnosis to help you fall asleep if that's an issue you're working with. And finally, it's not unusual. We all do hypnosis all the time. For example, have you ever gone three miles down the road and said, how'd I get here? <laughs> that's hypnosis. Have you ever listened to boring podcasts? Not this one, of course. <laughs> Your mind starts to wander, you start daydreaming, you start daydreaming. That's hypnosis. So hypnosis is a normal state of mind, but in this state of mind, you can accept suggestions and then modify your psychology and improve. All right, this is fantastic. So tell me, tell me more. So you're sitting down, what age group? Any age group with children? I start with as young as three years old, all the way up to 85, although I usually stop 21. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so why the majority under 21? Uh, because I'm a pediatrician by training. That's that's my specialty. And I think it's important when you're doing hypnosis for medical issues that you work with somebody who can treat the medical problem. So one of the rules is, the good rule of thumb is, if you have a medical problem, make sure whoever's doing hypnosis knows how to treat your problem even without using hypnosis. Because sometimes you need to have a combination of, let's say, medications and psychological work. Okay, so in the ages from 21 and under, how are they um, receptive to this type of treatment? So kids generally are m more receptive to hypnosis than adults because they don't have all this preconceived notions that get in their way. They also tend to have simpler problems. But hypnosis has a very different face in younger children. So with a, with a three to five-year-olds, I do hypnosis by telling them stories and embedding metaphors into their stories. If I'm working with a teenager, I'll teach them what the adult version of hypnosis might be, which is a ritual to get into that state of mind where they can give themselves suggestions. Okay. This is, this is so interesting. Okay. Tim, I got so many questions. Now, tell me if you're, you're sitting across from a a patient. You call them a patient or a client? Patient? I call them patients. I'm a doctor, but many psychologists who do hypnosis call them clients. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're sitting across from one of your patients and they would, and so let's just do a pretend scenario. They come in and they have an issue with, what might they have an issue with? Um, stomach ache. Okay. So they come in, they have a stomach ache, they sit down with you and you say to them. I'll say to them, well, first of all, do you know what percentage of kids who have stomach aches is a physical problem? And they'll say no, and I say 90%. 90% of stomach aches, they never find a, a physical issue, which means it's controlled in your mind. So now that you understand that, let me teach you how you can help yourself, control yourself better. And the first lesson I will teach you is about the power of words. And I have this little demonstration where I have the child stand up and extend out their arm, and I tell them, don't let me press your arm down. And then I'll tell them, now say you're weak three times. They'll say they're weak, and when I press their arm down, it goes down easily. And I'll say, say you're strong three times. I press on their arm, and their arm remains strong. And then the surprising thing is they'll say I'm not weak three times, and guess what happens? They're still weak. Oh, Surprise. You could check it out yourself. Okay. So I teach them the first lesson is the words you use affect you. And when you use a negative word such as weak, the not does not cancel it out. So the first thing you want to do, first homework assignment, is say things in a positive way. So rather than saying, I have a stomach ache, say, I wish my stomach felt better. Rather than saying, I'm nervous about my test tomorrow, say, I want to be confident about my test tomorrow. And just by changing words, now this is the weakest tool I teach, but just by changing words, 
people sometimes improve a great deal. That's lesson number one. So let, let me jump in there. You would say, I want to be confident for my test or I will be confident or it doesn't matter. He would say, I want to be confident. And the reason is, if you say, I will, if it's an affirmation, I am fine, I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, sometimes you don't get it done because this isn't magic. Like I want a million, you know, I'm going to have a million dollars tomorrow. That's probably not going to work. Hmm. If you want a million dollars and you focus your mind on that, you're much more likely to get there at some point. So you want to say things that are, you know, are absolutely true. Because if you say things like, I'm going to have a million dollars tomorrow, your mind is saying that's not going to happen. And that negates. So you want to say something that you know is always true. Right. Okay. Very interesting. So stomach issues is a big one. Also with adults, digestion issues. Um, so what are some of the other, just give me a handful of other suggestions that are reasons why people come in with these types of issues. So let, let me just step back and say, I told you lesson number one. Lesson number two is actual hypnosis. Let me describe that to you a bit. Okay. To affect what other things can work for. Thank you. So um, the lesson number two, which is to do the hypnosis, is imagine yourself in a calm place. Imagine all of your senses there. What can you see, hear, smell, feel, and taste? And the reason you imagine all your senses, it involves your whole mind. So it becomes more real, and then you become more relaxed. And then I'll talk to the patients about relaxing slowly from head to toe. And finally, they learn an anchoring sign, a gesture that they make, like making a fist, crossing their fingers, and they tell themselves, Whenever I make my sign, I can become this relaxed even when I'm not doing hypnosis. This is what's called a post-hypnotic suggestion. So then their assignment is practice doing this hypnosis on your own every day. Relax yourself with your sign throughout the day. And in so doing, you will become more relaxed. And many of the medical symptoms occur because you're stressed. So by relaxing, your medical symptoms improve, such as stomach aches. Other things that can improve is headaches chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, chronic pain from arthritis, lots of different applications. Okay, so some things we often hear about is back pain. I'd imagine it'd be very similar. Yes, at back pain, many times they don't find a physical cause either. And by the way, even if there is a physical cause to your pain, let's say to your back pain, hypnosis can still help because the brain is the part of the body that interprets the pain. And by teaching your brain to interpret it differently than you can feel better. For example, there's a whole field of hypnobirthing. Women who give childbirth using hypnosis, and they'll tell you the discomfort was minimal, or I hardly had any discomfort. And, and I'm told childbirth is one of the most painful things that somebody can undergo. <laughs> you were told. I guess we don't know for experience, do we? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> okay, so I'm interested to hear this story. Let's take a step back here. So you're a f like a pediatrician, and then you hear this story of the, the what was it, the popcorn? The, the cheeseburger that the che caused the cheeseburger, sorry. The cheeseburger. <laughs> and how are you able to figure out that that was, was that in his imagination? Or what was the actual cause? It, it was in his imagination. So if you imagine something, it affects your body. There have been some classic experiments. For example, let's say that you're allergic to a certain flower and it causes you to develop an itchy rash. If you're shown that flower in a, in, encased in a glass vase, and you can't even smell the flower, but you just see it, you'll develop an itchy rash just by seeing it. And, and the way this works is something called classical conditioning. Do you remember Dr. Pavlov and his dogs? Yeah. As I'll, I'll remind you, what happened was um, he would ring a bell and then he'd feed his dogs dinner. He'd ring a bell and feed him dinner. And before dogs eat, they salivate. So he'd ring a bell, they'd start to salivate because they knew dinner's coming, and then they'd get dinner. 
And then he rang the bell and didn't give them dinner, and they still salivated. So they, this was classical conditioning. They learned to associate bell with salivation. That's true in humans as well. So somebody who's allergic to that flower, they know to associate flower, trouble breathing, flower, itchy rash. And that's what they do, just by imagining it or seeing it without ever being exposed to it. That's how humans work too. And hypnosis can undo that. Um, I'll tell you the story real quick. Is I work with a bunch. I work with a bunch of teachers, and um, I was telling them the same thing. I was telling them this this your um, the Pavlov Pavlov story, and and because teachers are always stressed out around around uh, report card time, and like report like super. It's always stressed out. They're always upside down. They don't know how to calm their nerves. And I said, you, I said, do you guys know that that's conditioned? I said, if you bring in a teacher that they like a, a brand new teacher, they, they haven't really done report cards before. They're just starting to create report cards. They don't know it's incredibly stressful until they come into your environment and everyone is losing their minds during report card time. And now it's conditioned for them that every time report card time comes up, they're going to be incredibly stressed out. So we had a very similar conversation. So thank you for the, the reinforcement that these things can be changed. Is this something that is we're doing 100% ourselves or do we have to come and see someone like yourself that can take us to a different state of mind? That's a great question. I think you, you certainly you can do this on your own, but it's a little bit more difficult. So it's, it's much easier to listen to somebody guiding you through the process than having to guide yourself and go through the process as well. But ultimately, as I said earlier, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So it just doesn't work if you're don't gonna, not going to follow the instructions of the facilitator. I would suggest uh, for your listeners, if they want to learn hypnosis, I would go to a, somebody who can teach them once or twice, and then they can uh, do it on their own much more easily once they know the sort of lay of the land. So how would you know if someone is, would it be fair to say reputable? Like how could you find someone and say, hey, I want to learn some hypnosis. Can you teach me? I imagine there's a wide array of people that yes. say they teach it. Great question. So first of all, in the United States, for example, hypnosis is not regulated. I'm not sure about the Canadian rules. In different places around the country, around the world, hypnosis is treated differently. Uh, but um, you, many, in the United States, for example, anybody can call themselves a hypnotist. So there are some societies of hypnosis that train professionals in hypnosis. Uh, the, the major one is the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. And uh, the wonderful thing about that society is they maintain a database of practitioners that if you want to look up a reputable practitioner, you can look up their database. And their, their website is uh, asch.net, asch.net. There are uh, a few other societies which are professional um, that also are reputable, uh, such as the Society for Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis and the International Society of Hypnosis, but their databases don't contain um, names of people that you might go to, so they're not as, quite as useful. But if you're working with a therapist, you want to ask, where'd you get your training? So you don't teach that? I, I have trained people, if that's what you're asking. Right. So you, so yeah. is that a, so if any of our listeners say, hey, I want to learn some hypnosis, can they contact you? Or it's not exactly something that um, you so I don't routine, I, I teach individuals, I've taught in classes, but the best way to get training, if you want, if you're a professional who wants to be, get training, uh, go to the, the societies I mentioned, the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis and the International Society of Hypnosis and the Society for Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis. They provide training throughout the country throughout the year. Okay. So one of the things is instant results is that we're all looking for text messages, microwaves, fast food, instant coffee. Someone comes to you and they don't see the results instantly. How do you deal with it? 
Okay, so first of all, within two or three sessions, you should see some results. Okay, so if you don't see results, uh, something's not working right. Either you don't have good rapport, uh, the patient's not trying to help themselves, uh, you're just a bad fit. Um, or hypnosis is not the answer for that particular patient. Because everybody has some mind-body control. As long as you start using these tools, you're going to get see some benefit. In terms of resolution of symptoms or great improvement, it really varies regarding what the problem is. This morning, I saw a 12-year-old just before this show who came to me um, a month ago with abdominal pain that he had for years. And within three weeks of applying hypnosis, it went away. That's pretty instant results. Um, <laughs> If he had come with a headache, that doesn't typically get better that fast. Headaches take months to get better. If he came to me with a phobia, phobia is sometimes resolved in one session. Actually, they're one of the easiest things to get rid of, believe it or not. So it depends on what you're coming for. And, and your therapist or your doctor should be able to tell you, based on my experience, this is the kind of results you might expect. But of course, people vary. Sometimes it takes a lot longer and sometimes a shorter time. So... You said three weeks. How many sessions in that three week span? Just for example. Three sessions. Oh, so for one the, session a week. Once, once a week. Once a week. And how long are the sessions? Uh, 45 minutes. But actually, hypnosis takes 10 minutes. We, a lot of the sessions just talking, how you're doing, what's going on. So it's the hypnosis itself. I remember early on, some uh, person sent me their, their son to see me for hypnosis. And I took a whole history and I did five, 10 minutes of hypnosis. And then he refused to pay for the session because you said you only did 10 minutes of hypnosis. And like, you're missing the point. The prep work is like understanding, making sure you understand how hypnosis work, how you can use it for yourself. There's a lot of discussion. It's not, the therapy isn't doing the hypnosis. That's just a small part of it. Right. So, okay. So for that, for that 10 minutes or however long the session is, are you walking them through your, are you t helping them talk? Are you helping them visualize? What does that block look like when you're working with a patient? So I mentioned earlier that I'll, I'll have them go to their relaxing place. Imagine going to a relaxing place. So we'll have an interaction. We'll talk about it. They'll describe the place to me. And then when we relax from head to toe, I'll just, I'll just talk to them. I'll tell them how to do that. And then I'll give the suggestion about making the sign. By the way, after we do that together for a five or 10 minute session, I'll have them do it on their own right away, a few minutes later, so they own it, so it becomes theirs. Okay, so that the is it the whole is the whole basis in a relaxed state? So the whole hypnosis, you're trying to get them in, a, in the most relaxed state as possible to relieve their symptom? So that's at the core, that's, that's step two. I told you to positive talk, and then step two, learn how to relax. Although you don't have to relax to do hypnosis, you can do, some athletes do hypnosis while they're actively engaged in athletics. But for the medical purpose, relaxation, I found, is really helpful. Step three, which we have not talked about yet, is learning how to better understand yourself by interacting with your subconscious, which is a whole other field. In fact, um, I, I wrote a book called Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis, A Journey to the Center. That's the book that describes what I'm telling you about now. Um, and there's some work, discussion in that book about um, the subconscious, but I'm writing a whole other book called Partnering with Your Subconscious that'll take two or three more years to come out. But the idea is when you interact with your inner self, you can get answers to, for example, why you're developing a stomach ache. Why are you stressed? What's stressful about life? Sometimes people are so stressed, they hide the real reason from themselves and uncovering it is part of the therapy that needs to take place. So can you, can you get 
to the root of the issue without addressing the subconscious? Um, well, sometimes people have insight uh, without addressing the subconscious, but oftentimes in medical patients, well, sometimes the stressor is the illness itself. So if they have a, a, a chronic illness like um, inflammatory bowel disease or, or cancer, that the illness itself is the stressor. It's not a mystery what's causing the stress. But in what we call psychosomatic illnesses where the symptom is the main problem and it's because of a psychological issue, oftentimes the issue is hidden. And the reason it's hidden or the, is because the, the patient can't handle it by thinking about the real issue. So they, instead, they develop a physical symptoms. So instead of saying, I have a really bad boss, they say I have a pain in the neck and they don't realize it's the boss. Right. That's awesome. Okay. I, I get it. I'm with you there. So you could be developing like in, in your regular life, you could be developing through emotional issues, issues on your body that show up physically. Exactly. I mean, it's classic. A child is bullied at school and develops stomach aches, right? It's so common. People, people sort of take it as a matter of fact. But the way to help such a child is not only teach them to calm themselves, but also what do you do with the bully? How do you deal with that? Right. You know, one of the things that I have always thought is that, that stress, and maybe we're on the same page here a little bit, in, in, in learning how to reduce um, and how to be relaxed, I suppose, is I always thought that injuries happen on your body because of internal stress. So as in, I was been an athlete for mo most of my life, I always, always saw like when people were like really stressed out, it could be home life, it could be management, they would sooner or later develop some type of injury that would show up on their body. And once I started to pay attention to that, it was so interesting because then I would watch for it. I'd say, oh, that person, he's really stressed out because of this. And sooner or later, they'd have some type of injury. It was, it was kind of mind-boggling at the time because I didn't understand how any of this stuff worked. So exactly right. The observation is true. And so stress is the cause of so much illness or so much uh, symptoms, even cancer. So we say we don't know why cancer happens. We know now that, for example, cancer starts a lot in a lot of us much of the time, but their immune system gets rid of it. And what happens is when the immune system's under a lot of stress and the immune system doesn't work so well, that's when you're prone to developing cancer. So, so that's how stress, you know, we know stress causes heart disease and, and strokes. So stress is such a major player in our developing symptoms. And the beautiful thing about learning how to help yourself with hypnosis, you can calm yourself and then uh, reduce or prevent the effects of stress on your body and mind. Okay, so are you gonna give us a snippet into your new book? That's coming out in a couple of years for um, the subconscious. So you want to hang on to that those details? I, I, can, I can say a little bit. The subconscious, much of what we are comes filtered through our subconscious. Our, our conscious mind is fairly limited. The subconscious mind is has a vast array of information. And by learning to tap into it, you can really gratefully, uh, really uh, greatly enhance what you're aware of. And this is not just true for health. For example, if you're a writer, you can become more creative. If you're a musician, you can, uh, your subconscious give you music that you write down. Poets talk about channeling poetry. I think that's channeled through the subconscious. So by learning how to interact with your inner self, you can better yourself in many ways. Any time your mind is involved, and that's a lot of stuff, <laughs> you can enhance by learning how to understand yourself better. So how can you actually reach your subconscious? Most of us are, are thinking consciously, and we take conscious effort into dialing this call or writing notes? How do we get to the subconscious? 
Well, the simplest way is to just calm your conscious mind by, you could do hypnosis. You can imagine me going to a relaxing place. You could take a walk out in nature. You can listen to relaxing music. Whatever calms you, live in that moment and then just listen and you will hear your subconscious. There's, uh, there's an analogy to that in religion. You know, people talk about in religion, just calm yourself, quiet yourself, pray, and then you'll get answers from God. Um, the, the, the small, still voice is where the answers lie. And in my lingo, that's from the subconscious. Gotcha. Okay, so is there, is there any other steps in the process, or did we cover all of them from your words that you're using to hope hypnosis and, and being calm? and then the subconscious. Those are the three major steps that I use. And by the way, uh, around the, the country and the world, people don't often t talk to the subconscious the way I'm telling you about. So I, I would love to see people doing more of that. They'll stop in the first two steps. And then, depending on what your issues are, there could be long discussions in helping to resolve it, but that's more counseling than hypnosis per se. Okay, so we got your book down here. I wrote it in my notes here. Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis. Where can we find that? You can find it anywhere books are sold online. And if your local bookstore doesn't carry it, you can have them order it for you. Okay. And then is there any other book that you would recommend around hypnosis? Maybe one of the favorite, your favorites when you were learning about it? Great question. Well, there's a, a book by Dr. Hammond, Hypnotic, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, Hypnotic Metaphors and Suggestions. It's a big red book. It, it gives a nice introduction to what hypnosis is and lots of examples of how it's how hypnosis can be used. There's a book by Dr. Michael Yapko, Y-A-P-K-O, called Transwork, which is a really good introductory text uh, to hypnosis. What was the title of it? Transwork. Transwork. Interesting. And do you have a community? Tra trans, trans is T-R-A-N-C-E, work. Oh, trans. Got it. Okay, Transwork. So is there a communi community of that you work with or you, that you can talk with or you can bounce ideas off or, or is that particular type of profession kind of on your own? No, there is a community. The American Society of Clinical Hypnosis and the Society of Clinical and Experimental Hypnosis actually maintain a listserv uh, for people who are doing hypnosis. And we have very cool discussions on that listserv all of the time. And we have annual meetings and, and regular meetings where we in, we uh, talk to each other. I just presented about the sub, my subconscious work at the annual meeting of, of ASH a couple of weeks ago. And how did that go over? Well, well, people are quite receptive. I've been doing this for 20 years, but I've only really been talking about it for a couple of years. And it's kind of new. It's kind of shocking to me. I came into the field 25 years ago, and hypnosis has been around for 70 years in its modern version. And it's, it's kind of shocking to me that more people aren't like talking to the subconscious, for example, because it seems kind of obvious the way I think about it. But I guess ideas have to start somewhere. That's right. So was it difficult for you to talk about that type of stuff, like subconscious, for example, or, or even coming from more of a, a medical world to the hypnosis world? It wasn't difficult. I, I had the, I didn't know about hypnosis societies when I first got started, so I sort of learned on my own, and that had the advantage that I didn't know what you weren't supposed to do or what supposedly can't work, <laughs> so I, I sort of innovated, and that's why I developed a lot of the techniques I use today. Uh, people are receptive to it. It works. I mean, people in the hypnosis world know about the subconscious. They typically, they will interact with it, but typically with questions like, do you know, like yes or no type of questions, so that the therapist is leading the questions. And I will ask the subconscious things like, 
tell us what you need to tell us. Or what, do you, what does the patient need to know? Do you have any advice? I'll ask much more open-ended questions and you get a lot more rich information. All right, Ronnie, it's time to wrap things up. But before we do, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover? Uh, sure. If, if people want more information about hypnosis, besides checking out my book, Changing Children's Lives with Hypnosis, they can check out my website, uh, dranbar.com. D-R-A-N is a Nancy, B-A-R.com. They can also check the website of the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis. Again, that's www.asch.net. Um, and I encourage people to think about how hypnosis can help in your life. As I said, if you have a chronic illness, you can benefit. If you're not improving with medical therapy, then think about psychology. And hypnosis can be a great tool for that. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today on Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you for having me. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, you'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge, whatever it may be we'd love to have you join us we're also on instagram.com slash drew tadia again we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track our main website is trueformlife.com if you want to check out some of our products some of our services or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more we got all that at trueformlife.com. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadio, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.